intro for this. No, one. it's all I, I had. But it's the. <laughs> I mean, I could go. We could go back to that. We could hop back in our low emissions, uh, yeah. sadness time machine. Well, I think we definitely still have a sadness time machine. Yeah. But how about we just jump right in? Okay. Does that work for you? Sure. All right. Last time on Alternative Theater History, <laughs> we learned about orange wenches, sex ladies who sold citrus fruit. Of sadness. <laughs> Great. So we talked about orange wenches last yes. week, and we did not have enough time to talk about Nell Gwynn. Right. This is Alternative Theater History. I'm Brittany. I'm Alex. Yes, here we are. Just throwing it out there. So Alex, do you what do you know about Nell Gwynn, if anything? Uh, through context clues, I can determine that she identifies as female. True. Was based on our discussion last time, an orange wench who then transitioned to the stage Correct. by maybe just hopping up there one day <laughs> for the fun of it. Maybe um, that was a little uh, hyperbolic, uh, but go ahead. Uh, yeah, uh, that's... Uh, nope, that's it. So you've really never heard of Nell Gwynn until last week? I think so. Fascinating. What did he ever teach you guys in theater history? Uh, that, well, I wouldn't... I uh, to, it, to be fair, I would <laughs> not put the impetus on the teacher necessarily... As the there's maybe a, there's a give and take okay. in a classroom okay. setting, and That's true. I may not have been the uh, most attentive okay. uh, <laughs> student. I appreciate your honesty. But, yeah, yeah. All right. So Nell Gwynn. Nell Gwynn is. I don't think we ever learned about Nell Gwynn. I feel like that. really. Yeah, I don't. That name does not at all ring a bell. <sighs> this like is a, one oh. of my issues with theater history in general. Is so many times when you go to theater history class, you're lucky if it, well, maybe not in your mind. You probably are very happy you only had to take one semester of theater history. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing theater history correctly, in my opinion, it needs to at least be a two semester course. Mm -hmm. So you have that split. You start the second semester, probably at the restoration. Gotcha. So you really have enough time to delve into we're, some of these we're, we're ahead of the curve then. We're like, <sighs> we're plowing through. We're in the second course. Welcome to theater history 202, everybody. We're we're hopping all around. So uh, <laughs> we will be returning we're, to some because, old stuff because later. Because we're in our eco-friendly uh, sadness time machine. Run on sadness us. oranges. <laughs> sadness citrus. So theater historian, well, theater history classes very rarely will focus on the women right. or the people of color or the people in the margin. It's a lot of, at least in, in American education, in the theater, it's a lot of old dead white men. Right. And that drives me nuts. So the Restoration Theater, there were a lot of very famous now old dead white men mm -hmm. but there were also women right. that really are important to these stories and source and, materials like low on women and and other marginalized yes peoples during this time yes. which is a part of the the issue but also it doesn't like well they their it's hard stories to, have not yeah. been told right exactly um so. in many cases they weren't able to tell their own stories and those that were told were relegated to footnotes right. just because there wasn't quite as much writing happening about them. There wasn't, and, and in these periods, we're looking primarily at writing for our historical information. Mm -hmm. There are tons of images right. of these women. Most of these images usually involve at least one breast out. <laughs> okay. Seriously, if you look up pictures of Nell Gwyn, you're mm -hmm. going to see her boobs. All right. Like, that's just what it is. <laughs> and she was fine with that. Sure, yeah. Um, 
But anyway, so let me let me get into why she's fine with it and all of this sort of stuff. So Nell Gwyn, rather than getting into like her full story, because we just don't know a lot of it, mm-hmm. we assume she was born around 1650. Okay. But we don't know an exact date. Just no clue. Fine. Um, the stories, and this is where history becomes story mm-hmm. again. The stories it's in the name, say I mean, it's part. her father left when she was very young. Mm-hmm. So her mother was basically left to fend for herself, for Nell, and for her other sister, Rose. So her mother went into one of the two lines of work for women at this period, and it was not on the stage. Some stories say that Nell and Rose were, like, hosts at the brothel that their mother worked at. Right. Uh, some say that they also... They set the tables. They, <laughs> they, they welcome all the guests. Well, basically. this was like a high-end brothel right. where like wealthy patrons would sure. come. So bring them their mineral water would you beforehand. Like, would you like a table or a booth? Would you, <laughs> do you want a window? Uh, we've got a... Uh, we we've got a special uh, of a blooming onion today. Would you like some <laughs> some citrus right. with your drink? Some sadness citrus. I'm just going to keep coming back to it. It's my new favorite thing. Kind of makes me want to go get oranges when we go to the grocery store this week. Yeah. No, wait, I think we have some. Oh, in the, like, I think yeah, we have some in the got fridge. Oranges, we got oranges. We're packed. We We're are packed, packed to the with, brim sadness. with sadness. All right. So these stories go that she either worked in the brothel or she was selling various wares, not of her personality or like her personal. We're talking body. about Nell at this point. Yes. Right? Okay. She was selling various wares that she could get her hands on. This is probably good. Just... Yeah, we're because we're talking when she's like uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking like a ten year old girl. Ten, twelve. That's, that's probably for the best days. that she's yeah. So she either was hosting at one of these sort of brothels or she was out in the streets hawking wares of various natures. Come and get your oranges. Exactly. Think uh, think news. Sexy <laughs> Sexy oranges. (laughs) She eventually does become an orange wench. Mm -hmm. But since she was so young, Mm -hmm. being an orange wench, there's conversations through scholarship about did she just sell the oranges or did she sell other things? Was she selling for Mm -hmm. other people? Was she kind of like a liaison for other people at the brothel? Where she could say, hey, you want to pay a little extra? It's not for me, but you can take this, like, chip over or whatever and go get yourself something nice (laughs) across the street after the show. Here's your coupon for... One free lap dance across the street. Um, Good for one night only. So there's there's questions about what was going on there because by the time that she was actually transitioning from being an orange wench to being an actress on a stage she was 50 again assuming the 1650 sure so give or take a a couple of years that puts her very young for being an orange wench right and getting on the stage like standards of this time yes But even then, jumping on stage by the time she was 15 16 which is really young the story and this, this I do believe is actually just a story, um, historical fiction, if you will, of how Nell went from being an orange wench to being on the stage. The legend of the Nell legend Gwyn. of Nell Gwyn and the transition. So she obviously was there at the theater very often selling her wares. Mm-hmm. So she kind of the idea is that even though she may have been illiterate, she was very quick 
very okay. quick at picking up things. She could memorize things very quickly if she heard them a few times. Mm-hmm. So the story goes that one evening during a particular during a show, mm-hmm. uh, the young woman, the young actress, was unable to complete her role on stage. I don't know. There's there's no like defin- definite thing, which right. is why this is absolutely a story. Got food poisoning. No got poisoned by. No, Gwen or Did she go on stage for the first half and just not show up for the second <laughs> Got half? Got drunk Did and she, fell asleep. There's, there's no strong through line for this story. Sure. Yeah. So whatever happened, the young actress was unable to perform her role. So Nell, standing in the audience, realizing that this was happening, hopped up onto the stage. Had heard the play. Had like heard seven the play yeah, and remembered it. Yeah. It was a play that was in rap. Right. And she just took on the role and to great praise of the audience who found it amazing that a young orange wench just hopped up on stage and finished the show. Right, yeah, right. Now, again, this is probably, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say 90% likely a story, right. 95% likely. It's just a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's as much as I love it. And I would love to see that happen. Like, I can only imagine. Can you imagine? But what, the, that actual event? I kind of, oh, yeah, you know what? I want to I want to have this as, we're going back to the Unsolved Mysteries thing. Yeah. Like, was this young woman poisoned backstage oh, so that God, Nell that. Green could hop up <laughs> and take her role? <laughs> I, I just think it's, a, I, I love the idea of an underdog story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Someone who, who has something, who has very little right. in life. And pull, your, suddenly, pull yourself up by your well, I don't like, stretch. I, God. <laughs> I, I don't like bootstrap methodology right. and mentality that's really unhealthy and toxic. But there's something about somebody who sees an opportunity and without hesitation right, yeah, just jumps. Just jump like, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. So whether, I mean, this is obviously more than likely a story, but that story says so much about her as a person. This is part of her legend. This is something that tells you what kind of woman she was. There was no, no mountain she wouldn't climb sort of thing. Like, if she felt like she could do it, she was going to hop to it, and she was going to go ain't, for it. Ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no valley, valley low, low enough. enough to keep me from getting to the stage, babe. Like, that's that was now when. Yeah. So, what probably actually happened is it's, it's more likely that she caught the eye of an actor or an acting troupe manager. Mm-hmm. With, she was good-looking. She was, when she was hawking wares on the streets... She showed good projection and clarity of voice. Sure, yeah. I mean, there are various things that could have caught somebody's eye. A boob hanging out? Uh, possibly. <laughs> so, some historians put her patron as Thomas Killebrew, who was the leader of the King's Men, okay. or the King's Company. Um, shortly before he opened the, because I, I know it is the Royal, the Theatre Royal, the Bridges Street, a theater in Bridges Street, also known as the Theater Rural. We're not sure when her actual first performance took place, which again feeds into this whole like, the this, legend. This legend doesn't really hold a lot of water. Right, right, right. We don't know when she actually first was on stage. Was she? Did she do bit parts in the background, or did she just suddenly like they they preened her up into I mean, go, this apprenticeship well, you know, role go, and then had her take her first big piece? Going, or, going with this this story and the idea that like all 
all fiction is based in some truth. Maybe it was like an understudy sort of deal where it it's like, been. you know, there was yeah. truly a, a situation where and that, that just went I, under and she was out, you know, orange wenching at the time. But she was like, oh, crap. <laughs> time to go. Susie went down. I got to go. <laughs> oh, do you remember that time when you were in your MFA uh-huh. and Probably, it, they maybe. were doing Three Penny mm-hmm. and the young woman playing Polly like fainted backstage? Vaguely remember. Do you this. remember that? And then they, I think they brought somebody else out to play the role for like half of an act. Yeah. And then yes. she, yeah. once yeah. she came to, she was like, "Nope, going Not back, back out. out. Here I go." <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, it just the the will of of actors and actresses just it's amazing. So anyway, the idea is that the first mention that we have of her physically being on stage in writing. Mm-hmm is from Pepys's, uh, Samuel Pepys' diary. Have you heard of him? Samuel Pepe, Pepys? Pepys. P-E-P-Y-S. <laughs> Pepe. <laughs> Pepe. Samuel Pepys? No, I have no, I have no idea. Okay, so he's he's <laughs> one of the most well-known historians of the period. Because okay. he wrote down everything. Okay. Like, everything. Right, right. He was... Constantly in the theater, working in the theater, no going to the theater, and he wrote down everything. So he writes in his diary in 1665 that he saw, quote, pretty witty Nell, end quote, on stage. Okay. So there's two things about this. He uses the name Nell uh-huh. rather than Ms. Gwynn, uh-huh. which is... It was proper in that period. Right, right, right. That's a that's a go by their last name. Right. That's a that's a familiarity. Exactly. Sort of thing. So when you have something in there where you're saying pretty and witty Nell right. in your first diary entry of this is being her first real time on stage, there's a familiarity that's yeah. that's there. So was she someone that was in the back pretty constantly uh, and it was nice to see her finally take a big role? This is, and that's not or something. Or was this something that she was more but she was just well known in the theater circles right. for other things before finally making her stage? And it's not like an age thing, right? It's mm-hmm. not like that, yeah. No. It's like young, younger girls will call them by their first name. Yeah. It's, uh, it's... If you're on stage, you are, and uh, you're known by your last name. Yeah. So as restoration comedies became more popular, so did Nell. Going with this mentality of the witty and voluptuous young woman mm-hmm. who will just has no boundaries. Restoration comedy, think back to what we talked about last week. You've got the fainting upon the couch yes, with yes. with very little clothing on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a woman who most of her portraits in the period were painted of her with one breast completely out. Right. This is also the same woman who was very good at breeches roles. During that period, you saw women women dressed in large petticoats. Yeah, yeah. A sexy breeches sliver of sexy, ankle. Sexy pants. Get them sexy pants. Exactly. And she was a curvaceous woman, mm-hmm. so there was a lot to see. So she really kind of found her own she, she, in the restoration theater. As the kids theater. would say today, she thick. With two C's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Gwynn, she thick. <laughs> she got that booty. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's. She was one of those women who really didn't care, and uh, this really doesn't have too much to do with her, <laughs> with her orange wenching, but just to kind of give you an idea of what she went on to do. And again, this is a woman who 
if you saw a mountain and you she wanted to climb it, she was going to climb it. So she went from possible host of a brothel right. to being an orange wench mm-hmm. to being a renowned actress of the Restoration period, mm-hmm. despite most theater history classes not talking about her, apparently. Okay. And then on to being the mistress of King Charles II. That's a leap. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Was there like a... <laughs> I feel like there's a gap there. No, there's not. <laughs> And that's what's awesome. <laughs> she was so popular on stage. And she was so beloved right. by the audience. See ya, y'all. I'm going to go boink the king. Well, she was still on stage. Oh. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm boinking the king. She stayed on stage for a little bit. So, to be fair, she wasn't. She didn't stay on stage right. forever. I mean, you got the, responsibilities. When well, you're... when you become the mistress of the king, yeah. you know. You've got other responsibilities and other places to be. She had children with him. Like she, <laughs> or I think if I remember the story correctly, um, when someone there, there was a man who was trying to barter out how this whole mistress arrangement was going to work. Okay. And she told him that if she was going to be the mistress of the king of King Charles mm-hmm. II, she needed 500 pounds a week. Okay. Which at the period was a lot yeah, of money. We, can we do some math on what inflation would be there? I don't know. No, okay. If you would like to, you're welcome yeah. to. But suffice it to say that yeah. that was that was kind of an extreme payout right, right, per right. week. Right. And per week. Per week. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. No. So then, whenever he told, <laughs> like counter offer. Well, he, he <laughs> told her. He was like, "Well, you know." Um, Maul Sanders across the way, who was basically her biggest rival, uh-huh. Uh-huh. who also, if stories hold weight, was also an orange wench prior. Right. So basically, the I mean, I love Nell Gwynn, so I'm going to say she's the discount Nell Gwynn, but you know, maybe she was, <laughs> right. maybe she was on the same right. level, whatever. Um, she gets a play written about her too. It's fine. <laughs> he basically said that Maul would do it for half as much, and she said, okay, fine. Let Maul do it for that right, much. Yeah. And then King Charles was like, I like this girl's spunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he and, made it. And maybe she liked his too. Well, <laughs> that's she was playing she was playing the that that like Apple like exclusive game way before Steve Steve Jobs. Like, go ahead. You can pay, you know, twenty bucks for, for that Zune or whatever. But you want the you want the good stuff. You're gonna pay the hundred twenty bucks for this iPod. Premium, uncut, <laughs> orange. <laughs> you can get that tang, or you can get the pure orange juice. <laughs> I don't know why, but that just hit me all wrong. <laughs> I did not like that. <laughs> all that to say that Nell Gwynn lived a very different kind of life than what the world seemed to hand her whenever she was young. She took opportunities. She saw an opportunity. She took it. You go, girl. Right? You get it. She's so cool. Yeah. She made a name for herself back when women were not really making names. Yes. That's that's cool. So, well, what do you... So this is your first real introduction to Nell. Yeah. Any thoughts? She cool. She cool? Yeah. She thick? She cool, she thick. That's our next uh, fan art request. <laughs> I think that's the title of this episode. She, she cool, she, she thick. thick. <laughs> oh, God. I was actually trying to do, like, 
slightly educational titles, but that one might need yeah, this on, one might need a yeah. subtitle. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no Gwen. Gwen. She, she cool. cool. She, she fit with two C's. Yeah. All right. It's like a high end perfume. No Gwen. <laughs> she cool. She fit. I okay. If you say if you whisper it, it sounds like really high end, classy, okay. fashionable. Yep. Okay. Just ask Chanel or whatever. <laughs> Whoever makes Tommy Hilfiger, who I don't know, I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I get my stuff from Bed Bath uh, from Bed Bath and Beyond, <laughs> from and Body Works. Okay, and they don't whisper. Yeah, no, they yell. They yell. <laughs> Buy. Yeah, anyway, buy um, this stuff. Yeah. So yeah, Nell oh. Gwyn. If you're you're looking for orange wenches in history and you just can't find them, go to Nell Gwyn. You can get a bit of a brief history, yeah, and she is this font of information in yeah. a void of female yes. entities yes. in the theater. Uh, a, one of the first figures of true female empowerment in the theater, at least in Western. Her and, and the mall. Yes. <laughs> Discount Nell <laughs> <Melbourne. laughs> We're just going to call her Discount Nell okay, okay, okay. <laughs> No, no, no. We need more. We need more women. <laughs> Uh, no, you're right. You're right. Women should not be put against each other. They should be lifting each other up. You're right. Even though they didn't do that at this time period very much because they were all just trying to survive. Right, yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. So, yeah. Anyway, thank you for listening again yeah. this week. Sex work is real work, everybody. Sex work is Respect real work. Respect your, your fellow people, humans. It's true. Absolutely. Love everybody. Um, so next week, just because I, I had fun doing a little bit of research into a specific person, I think next week we might be talking about one of my favorite people in theater history. Uh-huh. William Shakespeare. Well, tangentially, yes, yeah. we will talk about him. The man who might be William Shakespeare. Yes, that's the tangentially <laughs> part. Yeah, we're going to talk about Christopher Marlowe. Yeah. So, uh... If you're interested, come on back. If you're not interested, still come on back. There might be something fun for you. Yeah, yeah. I'll, come I'll, come I'll learn find. with us. <laughs> As always, you can find us on Instagram at Alternative Theater History. On the Instagram, you can also find a link to our Wix site, which will get you pictures, citations, all sorts of fun things. All the, all the um, nerd stuff. That... Yeah, all the extra nerd stuff that I enjoy that maybe two of you will. Fan artists, let's see some, uh, oh, I don't know, sad oranges this, <laughs> this week. Oh, I or, just want a picture of Nell Gwynn with the subtitle oh. of She Cool, She oh, Okay, Thick. yeah, let's get a let's get a nice big poster of yeah. Nell Gwynn, She Cool, She Thick. That's that's my goal. Yeah. Shutter shades. Oh, uh, yeah. Breaches. Juicy written on her yeah. chest. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's yes. the winner. Yes. <laughs> So join us next week and we'll see what other kinds of abominations I can bring to your history. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye-bye.